Hello and welcome to our Cybersecurity Law Podcast with John Bandler. I'm John Metaxas, and today we're talking to John about his book, Cybersecurity for the Home and Office, The Lawyer's Guide to Take Charge of Your Information Security. Great to be with you, John. John, it's great to be with you, too. Uh, John, before we get to the book, a word about your background. You're the founder of the Bandler Law Firm and the Bandler Group of Consulting Practice, and, and both of those are, what, are they, what, are, what do you mostly do? So I help people with cybersecurity, uh, cybercrime investigations, traditional investigations. Basically, I help people with their problems and try to prevent a problem before it occurs. You have an interesting background. You're both a, a state trooper and you worked with Robert Morgenthau in the DA's office. Yeah, I had an interesting path to where I am now. I was a state trooper for eight years in Middletown, New York. I went to law school at night. I was fortunate to be hired by Mr. Morgenthau and worked as a prosecutor at the Manhattan DA's office for 13 years. And that's how I fell into a great case involving cybercrime and identity theft, and it was really a fascinating experience. All right, tell us a little bit about that, if you can. Sure. So I was a junior prosecutor at the Manhattan DA's office, and I was in the identity theft unit, and I got a case of simple credit card fraud. And that one incident of fraud turned into dozens. And as I investigated, it turned into a cybercrime case. People were paying each other with virtual currency or digital currency. Everybody's heard about Bitcoin today, but back then people hadn't heard about it so much. There were cyber criminals in Eastern Europe who were hacking data. They were selling it back to identity thieves in the United States. And I got a look at all of that, and that was back before data breaches were in the news every day like they are today. And you had a successful outcome to that case. It was a very successful outcome. And so, fast forward, why did you write this book? I wrote this book to help people with cybersecurity, to help teach them how to take charge for themselves so they, they can make responsible decisions they can secure themselves and their family. They can protect their privacy. So I wrote this book to teach people about computers, about information security, and then how to practically take charge of it, of it themselves. A lot of what you talk about in the book is awareness, uh, that you need to be aware before a problem occurs. How important is that, and, and how do you do that? Well, I think... Knowledge is important. So to have common sense, to exercise common sense, we have to have some foundational knowledge. So if you don't have any knowledge, if you don't, it's hard to be aware about threats that may be sneaking up on you or something that's just not right. So uh, the book is about teaching people to know about the threats, know about their computing devices so they can make responsible choices. And when you have that knowledge about what cyber criminals are trying to do to you, it makes it a little easier to detect when that email is from your bank, or it's a phishing threat, is that really from your friend, or has your friend's email account been hacked? There's a lot of money to be made uh, from the information you have on your computers. Yes, yeah, so cyber criminals and identity thieves are always looking to make money, and they've been finding ways to monetize information whether that's information on your computers or your usernames or passwords, your 
email accounts, of course your credit and financial accounts too. Uh, but cyber criminals and identity thieves are in the business of stealing information and trying to make money of, out of it. And they're very creative in how they do that. In fact, you make the point in the book that, that you are the product. And, and this book, I should point out, came out before a lot of these revelations that we've recently heard about Facebook and some of the other companies. Absolutely. So one chapter of the book is devoted to criminals and how they want your information. And the next chapter is devoted to how a lot of companies want your data and to use it. And as you mentioned, we've seen that a lot today with the revelations about Facebook and that companies make money through your information or by trying to get you to view things on the internet. Internet advertising is a big industry and there's a lot of fraud in that industry too. But of all the products that we think are free, you know, as the saying goes, uh, if the product is free, then you are the product. All right, you lay out uh, some important steps for uh, securing your computer life. You begin by saying secure yourself. What do you mean by that? So by secure yourself, I mean teach yourself, educate yourself, have that foundational knowledge so that you can understand the principles so that when you start securing your devices, your data, your networks, when you start making those choices about how you want to secure it, you have that knowledge and common sense so that you can make good decisions. And those are the four pillars you lay out. Secure yourself, secure your devices, your data, and your networks. Correct. So the way I got to that is there's something called the critical security controls. And that's one way for large organizations to go about protecting themselves. And there's 20 of those critical controls. What I do is I boil the, those down into three, which the average person can understand. And it starts with your devices, your computing devices. And that's the first priority. That's what we touch every day. Uh, it, it's very common sense to us. And so that's where we start. Okay, give us some particulars. So. For your devices, the first thing is not very technical, it's very common sense, but don't lose your devices. Don't drop your devices in the tub. A lot of people uh, and a lot of security incidents start by people losing their laptop or their smartphone. And our smartphones are so important to us today. So don't lose them. Put a password on them. A lot of people don't have a password to control access to their laptop or smartphone. If it's lost, a casual thief could access your life. Think of all the data we, we keep and access in our, our smartphone, our laptop, all our cloud accounts, uh, it's signed into everything. So put a password on them and think, well, another thing is you want to keep them malware free. So you want to be careful about the sites you visit, if you, your laptop and your desktop you want to run a malware scan on it periodically. A large percentage of the world's computers have malware on it. If there's malware or virus on it, that means that cyber criminals can access your data, access everything that you're accessing. We're speaking with John Bandler. He's the author of Cybersecurity for the Home and Office, the Lawyer's Guide to Take Charge of Your Information Security. 
And uh, uh, this book is uh, actually uh, published by the American Bar Association, and you can find it on their uh, on their website. Yes, it's at the ABA website. It's also on Amazon, and I was very fortunate and very grateful for the ABA for publishing this. And great story of how that came about too. All right, uh, before we get to that, uh, your uh, next pillar is the data. Tell us about that. So after you've taken those first steps to secure your devices, now it's time to move on to your data. And with all of these, it starts with a mental assessment. And think about your data and where is your data and what data is most important to you. So in thinking about what data is important, you want to look at it two ways. First, what if I could no longer access that data? What would that do to me? Think of a life's worth of family photos. And then the next thing is think of what would happen if a hacker got this data. What could they do with it? And how would you feel if your data was posted to WikiLeaks? All right, how do you secure it? So to secure it, you think about where the data is. And a lot of people aren't sure where their data is really being stored. So some data may be stored in the cloud. If so, you need to secure your cloud account appropriately. So that means a strong password and what's called two-factor authentication. Two-factor authentication means that if the criminal gets your password, which it's surprisingly easy for them to get people's passwords, they have a number of ways of doing that. But if they get your password and you have two-factor authentication enabled, they still will not be able to access your cloud account. They'll need that second factor of authentication, such as possessing your smartphone where that one-time code is sent. It's my understanding they have programs that can go through millions of possible passwords in, in seconds and that the more complex your password is, the slower that process is for the criminals. Yes, so one technique they have is password guessing and password cracking. So that's where they don't know the password and they'll try various combinations until they get to it. A stronger password is better for that. Now, a lot of people use very simple passwords and a large percentage of people in the world uh, use one of about 20 different passwords. So cyber criminals know to start with those 20 passwords. And then cyber criminals can harvest passwords so if your computer has malware, if the hotel computer you use to sign into your cloud account has malware, then that malware could potentially harvest your username and password, and then it's sold to criminals. What about the hotel Wi-Fi network? So the, the hotel Wi-Fi network and any public Wi-Fi network is also risky because there you are sending data through a network that might not be trusted, and you don't know who else is on that network. So the analogy I like to use is when you're on a public network or a network, you're not sure if it's trusted or not. The data you send and receive, it's like you're in a crowded cocktail party and you're having a noisy conversation. You never know who might be eavesdropping. All right, uh, next uh, pillar is uh, securing your networks and internet use. How is that different from what we've just been talking about? So now we've secured our devices, we've secured our data. Now it's getting a little more complicated, but we're looking at how we, how our home network is set up and how we transmit and receive data through the internet. So we would start by 
checking your home or small office network, which starts by checking your router. So a lot of routers are not well configured. They might have a weak password or a default password. Default meaning that's the password that was shipped with the device. You mean like 1234 or something like that? Yeah, probably the username is admin and the password is admin or something like that. And that's how it was shipped. And cyber criminals are able to look up what these default passwords are. And I think the statistic is 20% or 30% of networks use the default password. So that allows criminals to get in there. And this would be for things like the internet of the home as well, for all these devices that are powering cameras in your home, your garage door, things like that. Sure. So your home network may have all these devices all connected to it. And that brings up a great point because when people connect all these Internet of Things devices, those devices may not be secure. They may not be updated or patched regularly. The security may be very weak. So when you introduce a device of uncertain security into your home network, that can introduce a vulnerability. So you're in the business of helping people who have problems in this area. How do you know you have a cybersecurity problem? Hopefully people will be proactive and decide on the level of risk that they want and make an affirmative decision about the level of security they want to live with. And unfortunately, a lot of people don't think about it in advance and they know they have a problem when something bad happens. Like they get ransomware, their email account is hacked. Um, I should also mention the natural things that happen that cybersecurity and information security protect against, such as backing up your data. And when you lose your laptop and you realize that the novel you've been working on for two years, the only copy is on that laptop, then you know you have a problem. So hopefully people are, read my book and be proactive to head off some of those incidents. Now, obviously, the lessons in your book can be used by anybody, but the title of the book is, or the subtitle, The Lawyer's Guide to Take Charge of Your Information Security. Presumably, a lot of lawyers uh, will be reading it. What are the special, especially the ethical obligations that lawyers have to uh, keep their data and their network secure? So I think the book is written for anybody, but lawyers definitely have special responsibilities. So lawyers have the duty to take care and protect their clients. And there's specific duties that apply to cybersecurity. So there's the duty of confidentiality. So if a lawyer is hacked, uh, that could potentially be a violation of that duty. Lawyers have a duty of competence. And the ABA has even said that lawyers have a duty to stay abreast of technology and any changes in technology. All right, tell us that story now about how this book came to be published and written. So I was on an ABA email list and I got an email from Ben Wilson, who was chair of the Science and Technology Book Board. He sent an email out to the whole list. Who's interested in writing a book about cybersecurity for the home? And I thought, that's perfect for me. I had recently left the district attorney's office. I've done technical support for my parents since the beginning of computers. And 
I know how to help people with computers. I know how cyber criminals and identity thieves take advantage of people and their data. And I've done some study on cybersecurity. And I thought, wouldn't this be great to take these information security principles and put them in understandable language that can help anyone. And when you think of cybersecurity and even the challenges that financial institutions and businesses face, cybersecurity really starts at the home because that's where you can understand it. That's where you can practice it. And those same principles you can take from your home, you can take it to your small office, you can take it to a large office. Once again, the title of the book is Cybersecurity for the Home and Office, The Lawyer's Guide to Take Charge of Your Information Security. We're speaking with the author, John Bandler. Uh, John, if there's one thing people can take away from this book or one thing it accomplishes, what would that be? I hope awareness about the threats, awareness that people have to take charge themselves. They can't just think it's something for the experts to do. Cybersecurity today is like locking your front door at night. It's a way to keep yourself secure. It's like putting on your seatbelt in the car or stopping at the red light. It's technologies here. People need to know how to take care of themselves. If um, people want to contact you at your law firm or at your uh, consulting uh, practice, uh, how do they do that? So they can find me at bandlerlaw.com and bandlergroup.com and johnbandler.com. All right, John, uh, thank you uh, very much for speaking with us today. Thank you very much, John. It's a pleasure. This podcast is a production of Wall Street North Communications. Go to wallstreetnorth.com.